Hello and welcome to the Treasures Within podcast. I'm your host, Georgia G, multi-passionate success coach and healer for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs. If you're ready to get out of your own way so you can build a wildly profitable business from your passions, this show is for you. Tune in every Tuesday for inspiring interviews and mindset tools to heal self-sabotage so you can double your income, reach those big business goals that have eluded you up until now, and create a life of freedom and abundance on your own terms. Welcome to a new episode of the Treasures Within podcast. My guest today is Molly Gold, the founder of Effable, a copywriting and PR agency for passion-led and purpose-driven brands. After working in the industry for 10 years, Molly knew she wanted to do things differently and to work with brands that share the same values. Brands that are passionate, are prepared to stand up for what they stand for and want to lead the world a better place than they found it. She provides copywriting and PR services, helping brands share the stories so they can attract and sell the right clients and make an impact in the world. In this interview, Molly talks about the truth about entrepreneurship and starting your own business, how she decides what and who to work with, how multi-passion entrepreneurs can clearly communicate to their audience when they do all the things and so much more. This is a very juicy interview. Molly dropped so many gems, so let's not waste any more time and let's dive right in. Hello, Molly, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. And why don't we start by telling your listeners a bit more about you and how you started and how you knew that this was the work that you are meant to do in the world. Absolutely. So thank you for having me, first of all, and hello. Yeah, I have been doing this in some way or another for the last 10 years and in all the jobs that I've had so I worked in radio for that radio was my first proper job which I am forever thankful for because it was so much fun so I worked in radio and then moved to a media agency and then worked in PR but everything always came back to me writing things and I'd always loved writing but I think when you're younger you don't really realize that these things could could be a career I guess (laughs) and it was it was quite maybe like I don't know maybe about two years into like my professional working career that I was like oh wait okay maybe I could make a living doing this and yeah it came from there really and then once I discovered it so you know I do copywriting and PR now like once I discovered that that was possible that people could pay me money to do the thing that I loved I was like this is absolutely wild and I still think that now like it's it's the craziest thing yeah oh my god I, that's that's such a party and I can so relate to that because like you I've always loved writing and I had tried you know different business models and writing was I mean some of the things that I never thought I could make money from this in the end I did yeah. I was a writer for like a few years before I pivoted to coaching but again like you say because you think oh you want to be a writer you have to be like you know Stephen King or J.K. Rowling yeah you don't know <laughs> actually there are so many ways to make money from writers I say copywriting PR and I love that you offer so many different services you offer again copywriting, uh, PR. You do workshop. You do public speaking. You do lots of different things, but it's all it's all under that umbrella of yeah. copywriting and writing and sharing your story, like storytelling. Storytelling, I think, it's the biggest 
really is fun for you because you can do that just by talking and by writing. And you know that, okay, I can probably speaking, writing is a big, uh, it's a big skill to have. So it's an important yeah. skill to have. So did you know from the start that you wanted to incorporate all these different pieces into your business or did that organically? No, no idea. So if you'd have asked me like maybe probably even as recently as like five years ago, like, do you envisage yourself working for yourself? I probably would have said no. Like it was only, it was when I started working in PR that I was like, oh, actually I really enjoyed this, but I think I'd rather do it for businesses that I believe in and that I have those shared values with. But yeah, I never envisaged it incorporating all of these different things. And to be fair, like the speaking side of things, like that was a really like surreal kind of thing. Like I spoke at Brighton SEO last year and it, if you don't, if you don't know Brighton SEO, it's very geeky, but it's, I think it's the largest search event in Europe. So yeah, there's lots and lots of people there and it is right on the seafront in Brighton. It's beautiful. And speaking like literally to I spoke on the main stage, so it was like to an auditorium full of people wanting to learn about SEO. And that was just like the wildest thing. And like, I remember coming off from doing my talk and being like, what the beep, like what on earth is this? Like, this is crazy. And that was, so I went self-employed, fully self-employed last August. And that was in the September. So that was in like my first full month of being self-employed. I was like, this is the wildest thing. Like I never would have imagined this would be happening. But yeah, it's been a great, it's been an amazing experience so far. And I'd freelanced for a couple of years alongside having a job. So yeah, entering the self-employed world was, it's been interesting, but it's been the best thing I've ever done. Oh, absolutely. It's, it is a wild journey. But <laughs> I think the rewards are truly, truly incredible. And yeah, that's reward is So back when you were, starting out was there anything that was holding you back from actually taking the leap and going for it to start in your business <laughs> yeah yeah massively so it's self-doubt for sure and like I definitely still get that now but that was the thing that was holding me back and like the, being comfortable having that salary that comes into your bank account each month and like you literally you know your job inside out and that's, that's kind of the situation I was in. And I distinctly remember I was moaning my bag off about this job. Like, don't get me wrong. They were great people to work for. <laughs> I must stipulate that. They were great people to work for, but I, I was never meant to stay there. It was a job that I took closer to home so I could focus on starting my business. And then the pandemic happened. So I stayed there a little bit longer. And it was just never, it was never a forever job. I never went into it thinking I want to build a career here. It was where I went to build my business basically. And there was a moment where I'd been moaning my bag off about this job, like, because it was very, it wasn't me. It wasn't in line with me and my values and things like that. The kind of stuff I was writing about. And I remember I was moaning and my boyfriend said to me, he was like, you need to do something about it. You either need to stop moaning or you need to leave. Like it's literally as simple as that. He was like, I'll listen to you, but come on. Like you need to do something about it. And I was like, oh man, I really do. And like that really hit home and it's just, yeah. So I thought (laughs) it's now or never really. And I gave him two months notice and off I popped. (laughs) That's amazing. I really screwed it your partner was supportive because a lot of women struggle with, you know, their partners wanting that, uh, being scared of 
that woman taking that leap. So the fact that you're just, yeah, go for it. You can do it. Yeah, he's <laughs> very, very supportive. <laughs> and also like the fact that you say, you know, okay, I, I, I took this job as I was starting my business, not expecting your business to make money from the ones. Okay, I have that cushion, but at the same time, there, there always comes a time in my experience where you get so miserable that you're like, okay, I'm so grateful that you were there supporting me that was able to you know get the piece the first the foundation started and then now it's down to actually put on my bigger pants on and just go for it yeah for it. yeah absolutely so you talked a few times about values and working with brands that align with you and especially you starting your business for the first time you kind of feel like you have to take on every client that comes your way <laughs> Oh yeah, there is the pressure to make money and to keep a roof over your your head, and because you never done it before, you still don't know. Like, is this new? If I say that to this person, will someone new come in? Will new clients come in? So there is that pressure at the beginning. So, how did you handle that pressure, and how did you find the courage to say no to the clients that weren't meant for you? It's a process. <laughs> so I mentioned that I'd freelanced alongside my job for a couple of years. And during that time, that was definitely a time that I took any piece of work anyone wanted to throw my way. I did. And like my background is in, you know, media, so radio, marketing, PR. So anything relate, remotely related to those things, I was like, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, I can do it. I have always been a yes person. Like that's how I got started in radio. Someone asked me, I was literally just lurking around a radio station, not in a creepy way. I was doing work experience <laughs> there. I must stress that. Uh, and the radio, the breakfast producer was like, oh, Molly, can you edit this piece of audio for the breakfast show? And I was like, yeah, of course I can. I'd never done that before in my life. Like never, never looked at a piece of editing software, never touched a piece of audio, but I was like, stuff it. Like it's now or never. So that that mentality has served me really, really well for the last 10 years. However, I am at that point now where I don't need to do that anymore. And I I think it depends where you are at the start of your career journey as well, because it's taken me a long time to get to this point. And even like two years ago, I was still saying yes to things that either weren't my strongest skill set or weren't what I was passionate about. And I found myself that I'd got, I was really busy alongside having a job. Like I'd got like a good, like little roster of clients. I was getting regular work. Like I got a good amount of income from it, but I hated it. Like I literally hated it. And I was like, why would I leave the job I don't like to do freelance work I don't like? Like it doesn't make sense. So it was gradual. And there's been slip ups along the way where I've definitely said yes to things that I shouldn't have. But I feel like now I am at the point where I can confidently say what I do and what I don't do and the kinds of brands that I work with. So I work with very value driven businesses, passion led, purpose driven, wanting to do good in the world is is kind of the main theme, like whatever that looks like. So either doing good via their people, via the planet, improving things in some way. And the heart has to be in the right place. And it's that intention behind the business. I was listening to a, a sustainability podcast yesterday. And it was like, how do you tell if a brand is like really into sustainability? And the guest was like, well, well, it's their intention. Like, is their heart in the right place? And I think that's so important. But yeah, I think it depends where you are 
on your own journey because in terms of saying yes to projects and opportunities I think we all have to do that when we're starting out like also I am talking 10 years ago but the amount of work I did for free I used to get up at like I don't want to, literally I'm not trying to make myself like a martyr here but I, I really wanted the opportunity so I used to get up at five and get into work for half five just so I could help on the breakfast show and I ended up producing that show like I did you know and it's you get out what you put in don't you and I think there are certain things you do have to say yes to whether that's making tea or you know being the runner for something in order to you know progress and get in front of the right people in the right spaces but yeah, it's it's been a journey, but I can confidently say no to things now, which I never thought I'd be at that point. Wow, there is so much to unpack here. And I do agree that, especially at the beginning, it's important to actually say yes, even though you may, you know, may not be may not be the, the right client, the right opportunity, but you don't know, like unless you actually yeah. try something. Yeah, you don't know if it's gonna be if that's what you want to work with, is that what the work that you want to do? So, a lot of this attitude of just yes, going for it and getting the feedback and getting those keys, and you never know because even it's, if it's not the right client or the right job, you may still meet like someone that uh, helps you out along the way, or yeah. you get a direct something else. And then, as I said, once you get the feedback, then you start knowing okay, what to say yes to, what to say no to, and in terms of you know like selecting your clients and knowing because of course the I, I think there is so much greenwashing and marketing fluff out there as yeah. every brand now is jumped on the brand on, on that bandwagon of, I'm gonna make a difference, but not all of them do. So do you have like a process in place to select these brands and make sure that they generally walk the talk and that their heart really is in the right place? I wish that I had. It, like a rock steady solid process of life I do not I don't it's something I'm working on but ultimately it's this sounds really like woo woo and really fluffy but it is down to like the energy that I feel and the gut feeling the gut feeling I get from them so it's hard it's really really hard a because there is so much greenwashing and every man and his dog wants to be seen as sustainable like you know it, it's ridiculous it is and it's really hard to cut through the noise but I really tend to focus on their mission so why why are they in existence what is their purpose of doing what they do like I've just started working with a client that is actually local to me and they work with kids to get them healthier happier through like physical activity and like mindful exercises mindfulness exercises and stuff like that and while they're not like a sustainable business as such, they're trying to improve the quality of life of the people that they serve. So it, it's hard because there's no like hard and fast approach that it's like, yes, they tick my boxes. It's literally down to, do we want the same things? Do we stand for the, the same things? Do we want to make a change? And I think also how they perceive the service that I offer in a weird way as well. Like I had a client last year and it was, it was a weird one because on paper, it was one of my absolute dream clients. I thought it was going to be the coolest thing in the world. It was not. It went totally tits up. It wasn't what I thought. But the language that they used when, you know, at the start of the journey, they said in one of the pieces of correspondence, working for us. And at the time, it hit a nerve and I was like, 
mm, that doesn't sit right. That feels like a red flag because I work with people. I don't work for them. I work with them. And that is such a subtle difference. And I didn't know whether I was just being oversensitive because I'm literally a word nerd, like literally what I do. But looking back, that was a red flag and I should have seen it and I should have taken it as such. So yeah, how people converse, their intentions, it's a mixture of things, but it ultimately comes down to gut feeling, which is a strange one. And I think it takes a long time to learn to trust your gut as well. Like I know there's been so many situations in business and in life where I've gone against that and it's always effed me over like every single time. Yeah, I so agree with you. I think we, we all have this instinct, but we are taught from a young age not to trust our instincts yeah. and to just go with <laughs> the, the facts and the statistics, even though you know that that's not the right choice. So how do you deepen that intuition, that feel so that you can actually trust yourself there? to spot the, those red flags in time or on the other hand, so that this is the opportunity that I am meant to be taking. Yeah, again, it's definitely been a journey. So there's a few things that, I, disclaimer, I do not do all of these things I'm going to say right now all <laughs> of the time. I am absolutely rubbish at being consistent in like self-care-y kind of things. Like I will say that. But some of the things that have helped are yoga, for one. Like I have practiced yoga I'm going to say on and off because I am a bit better now, but I had a slip disc, which meant I couldn't practice. But yoga, definitely moving my body and being in tune with it for sure. I've recently discovered EFT, so tapping, which has really, really helped to release sort of negative beliefs, I guess, that I have had and like connotations around things like letting them go, letting go of grudges, that sort of thing, which obviously gives you more headspace what else I'd like to say breath work but I'm very very bad at it and the biggest biggest one for me well biggest two for me journaling and affirmations like a I mean this is like the boyfriend podcast because I'm going to mention him again he literally thinks it's the weirdest thing affirmations I made him chant one in the car once and I don't think he's ever got over it but that really helps me. So, you know, if people listening aren't familiar with affirmations, they are like, I am statement. So I am capable. I am powerful. I am willing to trust my gut. I am willing to, you know, follow this path that is meant for me. And like, I find the shorter ones better. So like, I am powerful is like my go-to one, go-to affirmation. But yeah, I think saying those things out loud They've really, really helped me to realize that I can trust myself. I trust the experience that I've got. I trust my own intuition. But yeah, it's definitely a journey and it's something that I want to delve deeper into. And I think there's there's quite a few people that I follow on social media as well, which I have a very conflicting opinion. Emotions around social media, like it's great, but it's also the worst but I follow some accounts that are very like similar minded on like trusting your gut in business and things like that. So that's like, it's like a pat on the back, isn't it? It's like reassurance that it is okay to, to use this route rather than the stuffy old man in a suit kind of approach to business. That takes someone doing as well. You know, it does. Yeah, no, those are all great tools and it's so refreshing that you see that you're not consistent 
because I feel like everyone <laughs> or that you have to be perfect so learn off you either like you do yoga every day or you don't do it at all or you do oh, no. every day you don't do it at all but that simply is not the reality because it's life not. gets in the life gets in the way during your yeah. business every day is different I so am it, a it's, hot mess with my self-care it is all over the place and There are some days that I think, oh, cack, I haven't done any yoga for a week. Or there's times that are like, oh, yeah, I forgot EFT was a thing. But, (laughs) you know, it comes to me when I need it. So (laughs) it works. It's great to have this toolbox that you can always go to when you need it. Don't beat yourself up if if every day you can't can't do it every day. It's not about being perfect, but it's about taking care of yourself. And that that looks different for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, me sitting here saying, Oh, I like yoga. I like EFT now. Oh, I really like affirmations. For somebody else that is going to be like jogging, or it's going to be listening to a podcast, or it might be reading a book or having a bath, like there's so many different things. And I think just because it works for one person, it absolutely doesn't work for everybody else. And yeah, I agree. There is this narrative around that. Oh my God, you have to have this ritual every day else it doesn't work. And that's a load of balls. It's just not how it is. It's just not reality, is it? So true. And you also mentioned before that you had some, you know, like you don't trust your gut feelings and things don't work out. And so was there ever like a failure that at the time that it happened seemed really bad, but then it actually set you up for it a success? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, there's been quite a few, to be honest. And I'll start this off by saying I am such a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. Like, I have thought that for a very long time. And it just helps me make sense of the slightly pants experiences that I go through. But there's definitely one. So when I worked in PR, the working relationship really didn't end very well. And I I found another job. But me saying I was leaving just didn't go very well. And it was a really difficult experience. And up until that point, I was really lucky that in the sense that the jobs that I'd had and the people who I'd worked for, I'd never experienced any conflict, I guess, of me leaving. But there was conflict and it was really difficult to deal with. And I think at the time, I kind of plodded on through and went straight into this different job. Whereas the lasting impact it had on me was actually quite big because I was told things like, you're not good at what you do, even though I knew I am, I am good at what I do. Like this one time I'll blow my own trumpet, I am good at what I do. And they told me I was good at what I do prior to that. Like I'd been, you know, asked to work on specific projects and stuff like that and lead on things. So for somebody who is so much older and more experienced than you, to say those kinds of things and make you feel really naff about yourself that really hurt and it took me a long time to come back from you know very openly now like I had counseling sessions on it because I couldn't shake it like I'd re I was really holding it um and like as recently as a couple of weeks ago I had an EFT session on it like it's it's a work in progress but it was that that moment and those comments that made me realize my why so why I am doing what I'm doing like I am right at the start of my 
business journey like I'm 10 years into my career but I am at the start of my business journey but what I want to create is an environment where people aren't made to feel like that where we do things for the right reasons where we speak to people in the right kind of way and it sounds so basic but it's not a given in like these worlds like within PR within media within marketing within the creative industry like it's just not a given that you <laughs> spoken too nicely and that is like one of the things one of the things that I thought yeah okay like when I come to bring people on board that is going to be a real driving force in the kind of business that I want to create and the kind of culture I want want the business to have so yeah it was horrible to go through it still affects me now which it's hard to admit because it like literally in the grand scheme of things it wasn't even that bad but apparently it was that bad to me like in my head so yeah still working on it but it definitely made me realize that I'm doing the right thing for the right reasons and the way in which I want to do it oh, that is so inspiring and I think we often judge because there are people where we worse we tend to think that oh what I went through is not that bad but it's still, it can still affect even small traumas. There are still traumas. And yeah. I think it's great that you actually are taking steps to heal those traumas and that you are moving forward. Despite you don't let them stop you. Instead, you let them fuel you so that you can actually change things. Because part of your, your business, not just writing and doing the PR plan, but actually it is about changing the, the culture and changing as working with these brands like you are you are making a change in the world so that's very inspiring Thank and you. I want to switch gears a little now and talk about our audiences multiple entrepreneurs and they have a business like you where you have multiple things that you do like and you are like multiple income streams but it's all it's all under that umbrella so and I think most people they just get stuck into do I promote one particular service? How do I make sense? With, how do I tell my story when I provide several services under one visa? So do you have any tips for that? I think it is about going back to your story, the business story. So you've just mentioned that. And I think obviously it's hard if you do like seven different things that are all completely unrelated and if that is a situation that you are in I would really really encourage you if you are that person who is listening out there to really bring it in pick maybe three four things tops that you do that you do really effing well and stick with them because I've seen it and I've been don't get me wrong I have been this person that is offering 10 different services, but actually only three of them I'm really bloody good at. So why aren't I just offering them? Or like one of them, like I remember I was doing like paid ads for people and I can do it, I'm good at it. I bloody hate it. So why would I do it? So pick three or four things that, you know, if you are offering multiple services, three or four things that you do really bloody well and focus on them. Like, don't get me wrong. I have been and I am a generalist at some things. I absolutely am. And I will always help people out with the things I know about. But it's very, very, very difficult to be extremely talented and extremely well-versed and capable and able to deliver a stellar service at seven or eight different things. It's, it's hard. Maybe if you're like 40 years into your career, quite possibly, but you know, it's, it's very hard. And I do see a lot of people trying to juggle 
too many things and ending up either not enjoying it or not delivering the kind of service they should be doing just because it's like, oh my God, it's money, it's a client. And again, I've been that person and it doesn't serve anybody. It doesn't serve anybody at all. So once you've narrowed it down, if you are that person or if you're narrowed already and you're just wondering how the hell do I communicate these three or four things, find the common thread between them. So for me, it's change making. It's been a force for good. Whatever, whatever service I do, my values are embedded within them. Like my values is something I'm working on at the moment because they are on my website, but they do need expanding on. But that common thread that runs through them, why do you do what you do? And focus on that because really people want to know about the mission, the why, who you are as a business person, what kind of business you're running. The services are kind of a, a byproduct of that almost, they're kind of sidelined because if they need the service, the differentiating factor, differentiating factor between you and the competitor is going to be how they connect, that emotional connection people are emotional purchasers even the most mundane of items we emotionally purchase in some way or another because we liked the dial on the washing machine or because it had a funny piece of packaging like whatever it is we, we buy with emotion so really focus on that and the service is almost secondary really in the grand scheme of things yes you want to tell people what they're going to get from it what they're going to achieve you know your approach to work but you know, you want you want to sell the source, the sex, not the, you know, the instruction manual, if that makes sense. Yes, I love that. Going back to your values and communicating your why. So do you have a process on how you can help people find their values? Because I find that some of those things that we all live our values every day. We make it, but it's very much unconscious. And people are like, that's what your values are. And they don't, know, <laughs> they, they, they don't know what the core values are. So yeah, process about that. Yeah, I think my most used phrase during this interview is it's a process, <laughs> but it is a process. I think to start with, focus on why you are in business. So why are you in business? And like for me, like if someone were to ask me that, you know, my answer isn't, because I like writing and because I write things for people, that, that, that is the outcome of my business. But why I do what I do is because I want to create a change. I want to work with change makers. I want to put more good into the world rather than just putting more, I don't want to swear, not good things into the world. So that, that's my why. So I think focus on that first of all. Why on earth? Whoever you are, did you decide to leave a very comfortable nine to five or not take a nine to five with a salary, with a pension, with all of them things you have told you apparently need? I haven't got a pension. I should probably get one. I don't really understand them. Story for another day. Why did you do it? Why did you take that leap? Why did you take that risk? Why are you in business? And from there, like, I really like journaling on this. It's not for everybody. And journaling, it means whatever it means to you. Like, it could be typing on your phone. It could be getting a nice notebook, whatever. Just getting your thoughts out of your head and onto paper. Ideally paper. You can do it on your phone if you haven't got paper. But I am a big fan of the act of writing for this. And starting with your reason your business exists and going from there. It's like, okay, well, I didn't like this in my old job. Write it down. Okay, well, I really liked working on this project with this client and I wanted more of that. Write it down. And from there, you should be able to decipher some common things that you can pick out. 
And it might be that you are, I don't know, really knowledgeable on a certain area and you want to share that with the world. So like more people have more skills, like whatever it is, you'll be able to draw out themes. And don't get me wrong, this isn't an overnight thing and it's not something you can bash out in an afternoon. Like it's a drawn out process. Like you might think on it one day, then you might write on it the next day, you might leave it for a week and come back to it and draw out the things. Or literally you might be on a walk or in the shower and you'll be like, oh my God, that is one of my values. And also, also on this, and you know, I was speaking to somebody about this the other day, with values, I see so many businesses that have like seven core values on their website. And it's like, that that is not a value. They're just words because I think three, four maximum because values should be woven into absolutely everything you do. Every little thing, every business decision, every client that you take on board, everything. Like they should be your non-negotiables that they then boxes have to be ticked in every business activity. And if they're not, if you're willing to compromise on them, they're really not values. And I think that's where people sometimes get a bit stuck that it's like, oh, well, you know, it'll look good if I say this. And it's it shouldn't be performative. It should be genuine, like what you believe in 110%. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. And I also want to go back to the fact that you keep, you keep bringing it back to process, which I love. One, <laughs> of, my, one of my business mentors said business is all process because yeah we all want the results we all want the clients and the money and being able to travel the world while we work from a beach or like from a laptop but he said the results they really are a moment you reach that goal it really is a moment but it's actually it's a journey it's all a process 99% of the entrepreneurship is a process and if you don't enjoy the process then you're going to be very very miserable in your business absolutely and I've been I've had days where I've been like oh I'm really doing anything for myself today and I think that's really important like I can't take credit for this it's Alice Benham on Instagram she is a marketing coach strategist and she tries to do one thing every day that she couldn't do if she was employed and I really that really resonates with me like yesterday I went to a hot yoga class at half nine in the morning. What job could I have done that in? Because I'd be in some random pants meeting on a Monday morning where everyone's got a face like slapped ass discussing the week ahead. Like literally every job, every job I've had, we've had a Monday morning meeting. And it's like, who does that serve? Absolutely nobody. Again, rant for another day. But yeah, you absolutely have to enjoy the process. Like if, if you're not enjoying it, what is the point? Like literally, what is the point? Because the, the amount of effort that you have to put in, like I'm I'm really good at what I do. I'm really good at writing. I'm really good at PR. Like I am good at that. What I wasn't so good at and I am working on is business. Like that does not come easily to me at all. So why on earth would I put myself through the heartache, the ball ache, of doing the business side of things. If I didn't enjoy it, like if I didn't enjoy what I was doing or I didn't get to have the freedom I want to have, like I will be that person working from a beach next weekend. I'm going to Cornwall, I'm taking my laptop with me. I can take my work with me. And I do think like the pandemic has kind of changed things and that more people have got more autonomy and where they work from and how they work. But still like I, in previous jobs would have had to be logged onto Microsoft Teams at 9am on a Monday morning, listening to stuff that is completely irrelevant to me. So yeah, you've got to enjoy it. And that, again, that'll look different for everybody else. Like 
and I think also like celebrating the little things like it's all very well and good saying I'll be happy when I get this massive milestone in my life but what about like all of the cool stuff that happens along the way like the meeting that went really really well or you know the newsletter that you were really really proud of or a cool conversation you had or literally being able to enjoy like this glorious weather we've been having being able to take a two-hour lunch whatever it is like celebrate it and like actually think oh man I'm really bloody pleased with that to be fair I need to start writing them down because I have a head like a sieve and I tend to forget them as soon as they've happened and it'd be nice to look back on I guess but yeah you've got to enjoy it got to if you don't just go and get a job it's easier it is. I mean, I absolutely relate and endorse everything that you just said. <laughs> and I love the idea of doing something that you wouldn't be able to do if you were employed. Because yeah. sometimes you, especially at the beginning, you get so, such in hustle mode that you get into yeah. this entrepreneurship to, because you want the freedom and you want to do work that you love. And then you end up having need because you're just hustling, hustling, hustling. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't see the light of day. Yeah. It needs to have balance for sure. Oh, Definitely. Oh, I agree. And going back to storytelling and telling your story, lots of people are unsure of how to tell the story or they don't feel like they are good brothers and they don't know how to find their own voice. Yeah. You know, I know that a lot of people that just I knew that in the past when I first started one of my previous businesses with skincare, I was writing very in a very academic language because I wanted to come across as professional and trustworthy yeah. and crickets, like no one <laughs> <an> attention <laughs> to me. And then when I started speaking like I speak normally, uh, I thought, okay, this is a bit too colloquial, to be too yeah. friendly, but yeah. that worked. So do you, how do you, what advice do you have for people that feel like on how to find their own voice? I think being authentic is the number one thing. So whether you are, that's much easier to say for someone who is working as themselves as their own name and perhaps isn't building a bigger business. It's them, they're freelancing, like be authentic. Like how do you speak? Literally speak like that because what you don't want to happen is for there to be a disconnect. So when people go onto your website, perhaps, or on your social media, and you're like really, really formal, and you're like, you know, suit and tie kind of vibe, and then they hop on a call with you or start working with you, and it's really jarring because that's not how you are. So definitely being authentic is the number one thing. And if you're building a business or perhaps you're a product-based business that you're building, work on the tone of voice. So think about the people you want to attract as customers. How do they speak? What kind of language do they use? You know, and there's lots of different exercises you can use for it to develop tone of voice. But as you go, if you are doing it yourself, just note it down like, oh, I quite like these words or, oh, I'd perhaps use this word instead of this word. This is the kind of vibe I want or even like making you know, just notes on like TV shows that you think your customers would watch or like how do they spend the Saturday night? Just all of those little things just help you get a clearer picture of how you should be communicating. And again, that's more if you're building like a business with either more people or, you know, you're product-based um, rather being like a solo service-based person. But yeah, just putting some time and effort into thinking about it and knowing that it can be fluid. Like it's not like once you've 
uttered one word, that's it, that's what you're stuck with. It can be fluid, it can be a process. It definitely has been for me. Like I've changed the way I speak as a business quite a few times. I'm quite happy with where I'm at now. But that's not to say that it won't change slightly or be tweaked slightly, you know, when it is more than just me eventually. You know, it's don't be afraid to be fluid with it. But at the same time, make sure you're being consistent. That sounds quite contradictory. Fluid in the long term, consistent day to day. That definitely all comes down to being authentic in, in every area of your life. And I think copywriting really is... Writing in general is one of the most important skills there for a business because yeah. that's literally how you communicate what you do and how you enroll people into working with you. So yeah. when do you recommend that, of course, if, someone, if you are a business owner that you love writing, you're a great writer, then you can do it yourself. But for everyone else that doesn't like writing, doesn't particularly enjoy writing, when do you recommend that they start to outsource copywriting and even PR? Uh, copywriting and PR I'd say it's definitely two separate uh, stages of outsourcing definitely because I'd say PR more for people who are a bit more established they do have more income that they do want to spend on outsourcing things because I try and be as affordable as I can be but it is quite time intensive uh, the process of it so it's not the cheapest thing in the world so that's more for people who want to you know build their brand either their personal brand or their business brand be seen as an authority and like communicate change within their industry that kind of vibe for copywriting it, it depends how much you hate it like I am really really pants with numbers like I I am an English girl, not a maths girl. So, you know, I mean, it took me a while. I resisted it a lot, but I've just got an accountant because that is a really bad area for me. And, you know, like I have outsourced design work because again, I'm not, I'm, it's just not me. So I think it depends how, it's a weird way to look at it, but how much it hurts you to do it, how much of a struggle is it? And also how much money do you lose doing it when you could be doing something else? So it's going to be different for everybody. You know, if you really, really hate it, it takes you like a week to write a page of copy. You struggle over it. You're still not happy with it. Get it gone. Get it outsourced as soon as you can. If you're like, "Mm, I don't mind it. It's not the first thing I choose. Then maybe choose to outsource to like a copy editor or a proofreader who will be able to like trim it and tidy it up. You know, I work with people on that kind of thing as well. And it it depends what people want, really, and how much they hate doing it. I mean, I write all day, every day, pretty much, and I absolutely love it. But I am very aware that, you know, most of the clients I work with either haven't got time to write or hate it, you know. So if it's either of those two things, it took me a long time to, like, really start to outsource things in my business because I was like, well, if I could just struggle through it and get it done, like, surely that's better but the amount of time and money that you lose trying to do that is just like ridiculous. Like, and also like who wants to be sat in front of a computer miserable doing something they hate doing? Like, not me. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I saw a really weird uh, thinking about the money to leave on the table because what happens when you do something that you don't enjoy is that 
you procrastinate it takes yeah. forever to get anything done yeah. and during that time you could have done other things they got to client they got to, yeah. go to your goal so <laughs> literally yeah like that time could have been spent so much better I also think it's really obvious like again I don't know whether this is because I like reading I love words but if somebody has written something that they have labored over not in a good way like they've really struggled with it and they really haven't enjoyed the process like I can tell when I read something so if I can tell your clients can tell and you know if you work with a decent copywriter they will be able to get your message across that it sounds like you it'll sound like you've written it but it will have saved you a whole load of heartache in the process oh absolutely now I have a question that I ask everyone on the show and it's what's one way that multi-passionates can create a business and life around all their passions oh don't resist it don't resist it like I I well I learned more about my human design like maybe like a few months ago now it's still something I'm learning about but I am a generator which I am naturally designed to enjoy doing lots of different things and be pulled in different directions apparently that's in my nature it kind of makes sense because I must note down about five business ideas a week genuinely like and some of some of them get to the point where they've got a Squarespace website and you know bought the domain and then I'm like oh no I'll go in this direction instead and for so long I hated myself for that I was like this is ridiculous like you're wasting so much time and money and energy and effort and then I was like you know what if this is just in my nature let's just embrace it like stuff it it doesn't matter it's clearly part of who I am part of my process and like okay how can I work these ideas into my current businesses like and also like I trained as a yoga teacher last year because I loved yoga I loved doing yoga and I was like oh I could do copywriting Sundays and I could teach like a lunchtime yoga class and you know that that was my vision that I'd like to use these passions together to create this like multi-passionate business and I didn't I teach one class now that I like I didn't like teaching the others I didn't and again I beat myself up about that like you've spent money on the training like you need to make money out of this and you don't who says who says you have to make money out of it and I think if you've got lots of passions in life definitely save at least one that you don't monetize because I have looked at the avenue of monetizing everything I bloody love apart from walking I don't know how you can monetize walking in nature but you know let's not think about that because we don't want to do that but don't monetize everything because as soon as you start to monetize something it will take some of the shine off it and it's like I make sure that I make time to write for me like it has no monetary value attached to it it's not necessarily to go and live anywhere in the online space or in print it's just for the love of it and I think that is important like if you are passionate about lots of different things weave them into your life but don't be anchored to the fact that you need to make money from every single thing it goes back to that like hustle nature of it like don't get me wrong I I need some hustle like I need some hustle culture to survive else I'll be like sitting there watching Netflix for 10 hours a day I need that I need that fire up my horse to get me going but it doesn't need to be be all and end all make sure you keep some stuff for you and don't be afraid to try new things either like you know, if it does go a bit tits up, you've, 
you know, you're a multi-passionate person. You've got stuff to fall back on. Hey, you know, that's why I see it. <laughs> so true. So true. I agree with everything that you said. That was an amazing answer. Is there anything else that you want to mention before we wrap up? Uh, I don't think so. I feel like we've covered a lot. We've covered <laughs> a lot in 50 minutes. Yes. Yeah. So for anyone that wants to go even deeper with you and wants to know more about you and work with you, where can they find you? They can find me on my website, which is itiseffable.com. And it is effable is also my handle on Instagram. Uh, or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Molly Gould over on there. Uh, that's a space that I want to spend a bit more time on this year. She says. But yeah, or you could drop me an email. You can find my email on my website as well. And yeah, I'm always up for a chat. So even if you just want a bit of advice or you just want a natter, do get in touch. And yeah, I'd be happy to chat to people. Oh, thank you so much, Molly. This has been incredible. You've given so much value. It's so inspiring. I know that our listeners are going to be like so empowered by you. So thank you for making the time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Treasures Within podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you found even one small nugget here to help you get out of your own way and build a successful business, share this episode with a friend or two so they can benefit from it too. Please follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating and a review. Believe it or not, every little action really does help to get the podcast found by other female entrepreneurs who need to hear this message too. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye for now. Hey, Georgia here. I want to take a quick moment to tell you something. A few years ago, I was stuck in what I call strategy hell. I was literally doing everything to grow my business. I was on all the social media platforms, doing webinars, going to networking events, writing blog posts, sending out newsletters, you name it, I did it. And my business was growing at a snail's pace. It was so frustrating because I couldn't have worked any harder. I was already overwhelmed and burned out. Do you ever feel like that? It wasn't until a random encounter with a coach that I realized being in strategy hell is a form of self-sabotage. You think you're doing everything to grow your business. In reality, you're stuck in busy work because you're afraid of what might happen if you went all in or reached your goals. In my case, I had a massive fear that if I became more successful than my family, my friends, and my partner, they would love me anymore and they leave me. This fear was buried so deep in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of it until I had a powerful session with my coach. And yet, the fear was running my business and making sure I'd never reached my goal. It was only once I healed the fear that I was able to double my income in a few short months. And my loved one didn't leave me. If you two are working hard, trying all these strategies to go to the next level in your business, you don't need one more strategy. You already have all the strategies you need. 
If nothing is working, it's because there's a limiting belief that's sabotaging all your efforts. Maybe like me, you're afraid that if you are too successful, you won't fit in with your friends and family anymore and you lose them. Maybe you don't think you are good enough at what you do and are afraid that if you put yourself out there in a big way, you'll be exposed as a fraud. Or maybe, deep down, you don't believe you're worthy of money and success. Whatever it is, trying to grow a business with these limiting beliefs running in your subconscious is like driving a car with a brake on. No matter how hard you try, you are going to stay stuck where you are. If you want to go to the next level in your business and reach those big income and business goals that have eluded you up until now, you must first heal all those limiting beliefs and all stories that are sabotaging you. Once those self-imposed limitations melt away, you'll be able to step out of strategy hell and confidently take action towards your goals. Those tasks that used to feel hard or scary, like going live on Instagram, doing sales calls, or being a regular guest on podcasts, will now feel easy and fun and you'll be able to reach your goals with ease. If you know, deep down, that healing those limiting beliefs and old stories is the missing piece in getting the results and money you want in your business and you are ready to drop the hustle and step into your six figures mindset, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. On the call, you get coaching on the number one limiting belief, the sabotaging your success and keeping you from reaching your next income level. And if we both feel it's a fit, you'll discover how we can work together to heal the limiting beliefs that are sabotaging you, so you can finally build a wildly profitable business from your passions and enjoy financial location and time freedom. Remember, the world needs all of your treasures. It's your time to get out of your own way so you can do the work you are meant to do in the world and live a life of freedom on your own terms. These one-on-one calls are limited, so if you are ready to finally make your vision board become your reality, click on the link in the show notes and book in today.